Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that the church is a perfect place for imperfect people like us. We know that no church, including our own, will ever be perfect. But Lord, what we do long for is for our church to be more pleasing to you. We long to be a church that you take delight in. We long to be a church that has the right priorities and is on the right track. And so, Lord God, we pray that this morning and in the coming weeks, as we look at the characteristics of the very first church in Jerusalem, help us see where we're doing well. Help us see where we're off track. And help us see what sort of church we could be that would bring you delight. Lord, speak to us now, we pray this morning, as we come to look at this part of the Bible. Help us see this morning very clearly what your mission for us is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Many large successful companies have a mission statement. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a mission statement is, basically it's, it's a one-sentence statement that clarifies what the company do. A one-sentence statement that gets to the heart of why the company exists, what their main job is in the world. And what's amazing is that for many companies, whenever you look at their mission statement, you see that they do exactly what they say they're intending to do. Let me give you a couple of mission statements, and I want you to see, this is risky because it could go wrong, but let me give you a couple and see if you know what company this is. Here's one, four words, to refresh the world. To refresh the world. What is the company? Coke. Straight away, Coca-Cola. Straight away, we knew what that company was. Isn't that amazing? It is Coca-Cola. And how do we know it's them? Because that's what they do, isn't it? I find it amazing. I was in Africa, in, in Malawi, and I was in Uganda, and I've been out to some of very remote parts. And in these remote parts, there, there's very little running water. There's, there's wells that people have to walk miles to get water. But you see every little shack of a shop, it's sold Coca-Cola. They get their products out to the whole world, and they make these drinks to bring refreshment. They do what they say they're about. What about this? To organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. To organize the world's information and to make it universally accessible and useful. Who's that? Google. Straight away. Straight away you know who it is. It's Google. Google are so good at this that whenever we want to know something, instead of saying, look that up on the internet, we say, Google it. Google it. This is exactly what they do. They do what their mission says they do. Many companies have very clear mission statements. They're very clear about why they exist. They know exactly what their main job is. They know exactly what they're about. And once they've got their mission statement crystallized, once they know what they're about, that's all they do. Their resources, their strategy, all that they do plows into fulfilling this mission. Coca-Cola are never going to start selling washing up liquid, are they? They could, couldn't they? they? They could distribute it through their distributors. They could do it very easily. They've got the budget, but they're never going to do that because their mission is not to make the world's dishes clean. It's to refresh the world with drinks. They know what they're about, and everything they do is focused on the central job they have. Now, here's a question for you. What is the mission of the church? What's our mission? 
what should our mission be? What is the mission of the church? What is the, the main job that Jesus has for his church to do in the world today before he returns? I think if we looked at the actions, not the mission statements, not what they say, but if we looked at the actions of many churches today, I think there'd be a lot of confusion about what the mission of the church is. Because churches, if you look at their actions, seem to really have all sorts of different missions. So take this church, Help Everyone Presbyterian Church. Help Everyone Presbyterian Church. What is their mission? Their mission is to help everyone and to make the community a better place. And that's a good mission, isn't it? That is a good thing to do. Whenever you look at the actions of Help Everyone Presbyterian Church, they do most of their work in the community. They organize clubs. They organize events for the community. They organize classes. They, they really care for the people who live around their church. And they're really good at what they do. Make no mistake about it. Help Everyone Presbyterian Church really do help everyone. They make their community a much better place to live in. They're really appreciated in their community. What's the mission of Help Everyone Presbyterian Church? It's to help everyone and make the community a better place. Maybe that's the mission of the church. It's certainly their mission. Then we have Protest Presbyterian Church. And what is their mission? Well, their mission is to stand against immorality in society. Protest Presbyterian, they usually keep themselves to themselves, but whenever a big issue comes up in society, whenever there's talk about abortion or about other things that, that go against the Bible's morality, Protest Presbyterian make sure that this is highlighted as being immoral. They make sure that their voice is heard. And again, just like help everyone Presbyterian, this is a good thing to do, isn't it? It's a good thing to do. It's not a bad thing to do. It's a, it's a good thing to do. But is standing against immorality in society the mission of the church? Is that the main thing we're meant to be doing? Then we go down the road and we have tradition Presbyterian church. And what is their mission? It is to preserve religious tradition. If you walk in to tradition Presbyterian church on a Sunday morning, it's like going back to the future. It's like going back in time. It's like being transported a hundred years into the past. It's amazing, their minister, he wears robes and a collar. Their choir also wear robes. They read from the authorized version of the Bible. They, they mainly sing psalms. They pray in these and in those. They're really proud of their church building. The furniture is important. The pews are important. If you speak to the members, they're really proud that they don't have any of these big screens. <laughs> they did put microphones in, though, because they're starting to lose their hearing a bit, but they don't talk about that. <laughs> they're, they're dwindling in numbers. Anyone who has come through the door has, has never come back in recent years. They're, they're declining in size. If things go the way they've gone, they don't really have very long left. But they have preserved the Presbyterian tradition. And they're proud of that. And again, there, there's things from our church tradition that we should be preserving, aren't there? 
things that we should be clinging to and, and not letting go of, things that we should be keeping. But is the mission of the church to preserve tradition? Then finally, there's do stuff, Presbyterian church. And what's their mission? Their mission is do a lot of stuff. And they do. Every single day of the week, do stuff, Presbyterian church are doing stuff. They have activities for everyone in the church every day of the week. Some stuff they do, they do for the community. Some stuff they do, they do for themselves. Some stuff they do, they do to tell people about Jesus. Some stuff they do, they don't quite know why they do it, but they do it anyway because they're about doing stuff. Everyone's very busy in Do Stuff Presbyterian Church. And if you speak to them, they're really happy with how the church is going because there's lots of activity and they're doing lots of stuff. But is doing lots of stuff, having lots of organizations, being very, very busy, is that the mission of the church? It's interesting, isn't it? Whenever we look at the, the actions, that the main thing that churches do, when we don't just look at what they say, but what they do, we see that there's a lot of confusion about what the mission of the church is. But there doesn't need to be confusion. Because just like in a business, the church has a CEO. The church has a boss. The church has a founder. The church has a head. And the head of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. And as the head of the church, Jesus has actually given the church their mission. He set the mission statement. He's told them what they're meant to be about. He's told them what their main job, the main thing they're meant to be doing between his ascension and his return is. And he tells them to it in Acts chapter 1. The book of Acts, you, you may not know this, it was written by Luke, who wrote Luke's Gospel. And this is the second book in his series. Um, if you have a look at uh, verse 1, you'll see what Luke was all about. The book of Luke, he says, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. So Luke, the gospel, is all about what Jesus began to do. And this book, the book of Acts, it's about what Jesus continued to do. It's about how Jesus continued to work in the world, to build his church, to save people, and how he did it through the church by the power of his spirit. So this book, it's, it's all about what Jesus is doing now and has done to build his church. But anyway, in verse 8, we see what the mission was he gave to the first church and to us. Have a look with me at verse 8. He said to the first church, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Do you see what their mission is? Their mission is to be his witnesses. The mission of the church is to be a witness of Christ. That's the mission, to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? Okay, Marty, he says that. What does that mean? Well, well, think of a witness. What does a witness do? A witness, what do they do? They, they tell someone what they know. 
So if you think of a witness in a courtroom, what do they do? They tell the judge and they tell the jury what they know about the crime. Think about the witness to a car crash. What do they do? They tell the police officer what they know about the crash. A witness is someone who tells other people what they know about the situation. And what the mission of the church is, what we're meant to be doing, what our main priority is meant to be, is that we're meant to tell people about Jesus. We're meant to be making Jesus known. Simple, isn't it? What's the mission of the church? It's to make Jesus known. What are we meant to be doing? We're meant to be making Jesus known. But we're not just to be meant to be making Jesus known to people who decide to come in here on a Sunday morning. Oh, no, no. It's far more challenging and daunting than that. We're meant to be making Jesus known to everyone everywhere. We're meant to be making Jesus known to our local community, to the people who live in the houses who surround our church building. Not just to the people who come in the door. Look how daunting the task was for the first church. Look at verse 8 again. Look, so you've got this little small group of people, much smaller than the group of people here this morning. And look where Jesus says they're to make Jesus known. He says, listen, you're to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. The whole city. You're to tell people in this whole city about me. Imagine we'd get the news out the whole of Belfast. That would be daunting, wouldn't it? Imagine we were the only church in all of Belfast and our job was to get the news about Jesus out to everybody. That would be a daunting task, wouldn't it? Well, that's what this little group of people are tasked with. But more than that, they're then tasked to take it to Judea. That's, I guess, the county, if you like. The, 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 the kind of the, the region that Jerusalem is in. Imagine we were told by Jesus, okay, Ravenhill Presbyterian Church, you've got to get the news out to Belfast and then you have to reach the rest of County Antrim and County Down. In fact, the rest of the province, really. What a daunting task that would be. But then they're given a, a further task. Then you're to take it from Judea to Samaria. That they, they were similar to the Judeans, but they had a different background and they were seen as a different people. If you imagine going south of the border to the Republic of Ireland, you get the idea. We speak the same language, but we're a different group of people. We have different traditions. That was like the people in Samaria. And this little group of people are told, you need to take the gospel. You need to take the news about me. You need to make me known in Samaria. And then finally, what does he say to this little group of people? He says, and yeah, and then to the ends of the earth. This little group of people, the very first church. And Jesus says to them, here's your mission. Make me known in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. How daunting is that? What a huge task that is. It makes our mission not look so daunting, but it is daunting. We're to take the the gospel to, to Florida Drive and Florida Street and Rochester Street. Forget the ends of the earth. We're to take the, the news about Jesus to the end of the Ravenhill Avenue. And it's a daunting task because I don't know how we're going to do it. Look around this morning. 
This is our job. But we're not an impressive people, are we? We don't have the resources we need. We don't have the wisdom we need. We, we feel so ill-equipped for this task. But not as ill-equipped as the first church would have been. It's daunting for us, but it was more daunting for them. And so what do they do? Well, do you know what they do? They pray. They pray. They, they realize just how impossible the task is. And they pray, and they pray, and they pray, and they pray. They realize that the mission they've been given is mission impossible, just like the mission we've been given is mission impossible. And so what do they do? They pray, and they pray, and they pray, and they pray. Take a look at verse 14. We're told there, in fact, look from verse 13. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. That's the little group who'd been told their mission. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. Now realizing how impossible the mission was, look what they did. Verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Do you see what they did? When they grasped their mission, when they saw how impossible it was, the only response they could get was to pray and to pray and to pray and to ask God for help to achieve it. They joined together, realizing their desperate need of God. And they prayed for the mission that was ahead of them. What did they pray? We're not told. But I can think of what they prayed. Lord, we have no idea how we're going to do this. Please show us. Lord, we have no idea how we're going to get to the ends of the earth. Please provide for us what we need. God, we don't know how people are going to respond to this. They killed your son here in Jerusalem. Are they going to persecute us? Oh, Lord, protect us. Open people's ears to hear us. Give us success. Take away our fear. I'm sure some of them didn't really want to do it. Oh, Lord, we've heard your mission and we don't want to do it. Give us a desire to do it. Give us a heart that wants to do it. Give us a, a heart that will be obedient to this. We don't know what they prayed. But realizing their great need of God, they turned to him in desperation for his help to carry out their mission. And notice three things about their praying. Take a look at verse 14 together. They joined together. That word together. They didn't get the mission from Jesus as a community and then go off into their homes and just pray in their houses about it. They realized that it was a community mission. They were all involved, that it was up to them as a community to do this. And so they joined together in prayer. They joined with one another to pray. There was a togetherness in their praying. Here at Ravenhill, we, we have some opportunities to pray together. And in the next year, we're going to think about developing some of those more. But folks, let me tell you, this is our mission to make Jesus known. It's not my job. I'm not the evangelist you've employed. It's not the job of just the people who are kind of keen on evangelism. As a community, we have been called as a church to make Jesus known. 
And as a whole community, we, we need to begin to pray for that work and to seek God's help and his wisdom and his provision and everything that's needed for that. So they've joined together. There was a togetherness in their praying. Then notice again in verse 14, they prayed constantly, we're told. This was regular. They, they met together regularly to pray for these things. They were persistent. They were continuing to pray until God answered their prayers. They didn't give up. And again, as a community of people, we need to be praying consistently, con- constantly for the work. And then I find this one really interesting. Look at verse 14 again. Do you notice who else prayed? The women prayed. Do you see that? They joined with the women. In the Jewish faith, the men prayed and the women didn't. Today in Islam, the men pray and the women, they pray separately. They're not together. And sometimes I worry that in the church today, that the mission of the church is seen as being the thing that their men are to do. It's not. The mission of the church is for us as God's people to do, as men and women, as young and as old. And I want to encourage you, if you're a woman, you're equal to men. You're equal in value. You're equal in dignity. You're equal in worth. You're skilled in ability, just like men are. And you're vitally important for the mission of the church vitally important for the mission of the church. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you're a woman, not to think that the mission is the men's job. It's not. It's our job. And I want to encourage you to pray and to get involved and to be part of the mission of this congregation here in Ravenhill. The first church, they were to make Jesus known in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, and they were praying for that because they realized their desperate need. But there was good news. And the good news is that they weren't going to be doing this alone. They weren't going to be doing this in their own strength because Jesus had promised them a helper, someone who would empower them to do the mission. And that helper was the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, Jesus said. And he will empower you for the mission. Do you remember what happened to Jesus? We always think of John 3.16, but in Matthew 3.16, he was baptized by John in the Jordan and he came up out of the water. And what happened? We're told that the Spirit of God descended from heaven like a dove and alighted upon him. The Spirit of God empowered him for his ministry, and the Spirit of God will empower us for ours. And next week, John is going to be helping us see what that means. But folks, the mission is still ours. The mission is still ours. To go out and to make Jesus known. My guess is that this isn't new to you. My guess is you knew all this already. But here's a question. Are we prepared to think of all of our activities and all of our strategies and everything we do? Are we prepared to think of it all as lining up with the great mission of the church?
Are we prepared to change if we need to, to fulfill this mission? That, my friends, is the big challenging question that this passage asks. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have given us a very clear job, a very clear mission to make you known to the ends of the earth. Thank you that you have put us here in this part of Belfast to make you known to the community that surrounds us. And Lord, as we are here this morning, we want to just confess to you that we have no idea how we're going to do that effectively. We confess to you this morning that we we lack the resources, we, we feel we lack the experience, we feel we lack the competence. We confess to you this morning that we are desperate for you to move through us and guide us and help us. But Lord, we affirm this morning that, that we as your people in this place, we long to fulfill your mission. We long to reach this community with the gospel. Lord, as you guide us, would you help us to follow your leading? Lord, if you want us to change in some ways, would you make us open to that change? And Lord, we pray that as you lead and as you guide, that we would see many people coming to hear about Christ, coming to saving faith in him, and becoming part of our church family here in Ravenhill. Oh Lord, the task is unfinished. You're coming again soon. May we not delay in carrying out the work you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.